Welcome to the Open Apple Podcast, where we celebrate the Apple II. Whether you're a longtime user, a nostalgic visitor, or a newcomer to the community, join us as we share news and memories of Steve Wozniak's most famous personal computer. Hello and welcome to Poly Retro Assembly Cast Chicken Missile Drop Guru Museum, the annual mega podcast for Kansas Fest this year for 2021. Woohoo! Yay! Charles, take it away. Thank you, Quinn. Um, I don't know if we want to go around uh, and introduce ourselves. Um, Probably best if we keep it brief. Um, I will go. uh, I'll go first. I'm Charles Mangan. I'm the um, uh, chicken projectilist. I don't know. for uh, Chicken Missile, which is actually an offshoot of this very podcast's previous years, turned into a semi-regular kind of a thing. Um, and going alphabetically by first name, uh, Carrington. Hello, I'm Carrington, and I'm on things like the RCR and Chicken Missile and Eaten by a Gru. And Chris? Hello, I'm Chris Torrance, and I have a YouTube channel called Assembly Lines, and you can find me on Twitter at CT6502. Joe? Joe Schwarzenegger from Joe's Computer Museum on YouTube, where I take apart old 8-bit computers and try not to blow them up. You can find me on Twitter on at Museum Joe. Okay. Kate, you need to match his level of enthusiasm. <laughs> you already, I already, I already, I used that up earlier this afternoon. Hi, I'm Kate. A lot of people also call me Kat. Uh, I have a Twitch stream, uh, twitch.tv slash Lady Iloros. Probably want to look that one up in the comments. And I'm also on Chicken Mistle occasionally. Okay. Hi, I'm Kay Savitz, Eaten by a Gru and Antic, the Atari 8-Bit Podcast. Ken? Hi, I'm Ken Gagney of Juice GS Magazine, also the podcast Transporter Lock and Polygamer, and I keep Chris Torrance in my closet. Mark, who do you have in your closet? Uh, Beagles. I can work with that. And that is Michael. Hi, I'm Mike Mulhern, uh, Retro Computing Roundtable. I'm the Down Under Connection. Paul? I'm Paul Hegstrom. I'm on Retro Computing Roundtable. Very occasionally on Drop 3 Inches, sometimes on uh, Chicken Missile as well. And bring us home, Quinn. Once again, screwed by the alphabet. I'm Quinn of the Retro Computing Roundtable and also the YouTube channel Bloody Hacks, but that's actually unrelated to all of this. Well, not not as good as me. No, no, not really. Yeah, it's a damn good YouTube channel. Plenty yeah, of retro no, stuff you do some retro stuff. Yeah, heavy, heavy metal hey. girl. Um, Did I skip and, you, John? <laughs> yes, you, you, you skipped me. It's okay. I'm used All to right. it. No. Sorry, uh, uh, see, I'm next to you. I wish I could like hand you a Kleenex <laughs> through the Zoom. <laughs> hey, I, I'm John Leake. Uh, I, I am the co-host of the Retro Mac Cast. You can find us on YouTube and on Apple Podcasts. And John, you have to do your Alf impression. Ha! Ah, Ken! Ha! Every year. Every year. Okay. Excellent. So I had a couple of... (laughs) 
I had a couple of ideas uh, of things that we could talk about. Uh, obviously, the usual thing with um, uh, sort of a recap of, of Kansas Fest for people who were not here, were not able to attend. Um, a little different, of course, from most previous years because we're all in different places. Last year was virtual as well. And um, that was kind of thrown together really quickly and went off, I would say, without a hitch. And this year seemed to go even more smoothly because uh, I'm guessing that the planning was uh, more robust, I guess. Um, I mean, it was the, it was nice the... to know at the beginning. <laughs> that, yeah, we, we knew from the beginning that this was going to be virtual and we were able to, instead of having to pivot this year, we actually could start at the, you know, we know this is going to be yeah. virtual. What can we do to make it better than last year? Uh, basically building off our working from home experience. <laughs> I didn't get to work from home. Uh, I occasionally got to work from work. So uh, I think to keep the podcast uh, under two hours or hour and a half or three, whatever, um, we're going to topic number one, what we won't be talking about. uh, We won't be talking about COVID vaccines, uh, lockdowns, any of that kind of stuff. Um, And we'll just skip right into um, everyone can say Kansas Fest is about the people. It's the people. It's the it people. is. No, people. It really it's the people. It's the people. It's the people. There was, there was most no of the people. people. No, yeah. no, there was no one here. Except, but me. except you. You know who you are. Yeah. You know what you did. Yeah, it's Carrington. I knew what I did. The, the sad thing is, he does not know who he is. Yeah, that is the sad part. So, uh, with that out of the way, um, uh, Michael, you're yeah. calling in from the farthest away. Uh, what did you think? How much of the uh, the virtual Kansas Fest were you able to attend? Um, well, I decided that I decided I was going to attend it all, even if it did mean getting up uh, before midnight uh, so that I could uh, tune in. So um, yeah, I'm waiting for this show to end so I can have breakfast. But the way things are going, I think it might be called lunch. So uh, yeah, it's it's great, and I love. In my opinion, we had the best. Um, presentation right at the end um it had it might not have been uh what i was expecting but boy uh an apple II that was unreal can you and talk about what that was for the listeners you Michael? Did. <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it was it was a a virtual reality apple II with all the bells whistles drive clacks green screen real basic programming in there interfacing into a game uh, I'm just going to have to find the link for that and uh, send that out to uh, some of the uh, the folks I uh, keep in communication with at work who haven't uh, burnt the bridges or I haven't burnt the bridges with them on. But uh, no, it, it was one of the best implementations of an emulator that I have uh, seen of any hardware and the extension of it that it could be used for so many different uh, things from uh, virtual museums, teaching. It was just fan-freaking-tastic. So for for anyone who missed it, it was an Apple II modeled and built in the Unreal game engine, and then there was a real emulator underpinning it so that you could actually write code on the Apple II 
And then he provided a memory mapped connection to the game environment so you could control doors and things in the game with Apple II code. It's a little mind bending, but very clever, very cool. Mm. That was the thing that I that actually sort of struck me the most that I expected the least about that was the the sort of like yep. missed like puzzle aspect to it that you know there's knobs in the wall that you have to turn and hmm. and you have to poke things yeah. in memory and read things and and yeah. so it was really part of the game in a real way. Hmm. Uh, I'll be honest, I thought that was going to be a quick chance for me to uh, rush away and get some breakfast, um, and I'm just glad that I saw how it was developing and uh yeah it it, it was amazing so i think we've got to get that uh, youtube uh, link out if it's a, if it's going to be available and yeah, it seemed to me like a a major evolution from those uh choose your own adventure kind of books yep. where it would get to the end of a chapter and it would say oh you need to decode these you know this message and now that you've learned from the previous chapters, you can write it in basic on your computer or here's the basic code. You need mm. to debug it. Mm. Um, and that's just like it's in the game. You as part of the game, you're typing in and uh, controlling. He showed like controlling the uh, charging of a capacitor that opened a door. And it's like that's a huge puzzle to solve. But also that's a really good lesson mm for someone who's learning programming. Yeah, I was expecting him to poke in the incorrect value and start releasing poisonous gas from the into the environment system and he needed to uh, get it uh, fixed quickly. But uh, no, it's... Uh, but yeah, it, it was a great way of, ca of capping off uh, a marvellous um, two days of presentations. It, uh, as far as presentations go from all of the in-person K-Fests and last year, I think this was the one that I enjoyed the presentations the most um it 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 was amazing and if we can sort of like keep that kind of level uh going um kansas fest has got another 30 something years in it uh quinn you're up next on my screen what uh what was your first impression uh best you know yeah i guess uh i was expecting uh, to be similar to last year and it was in a good way uh you know i think uh for a lot of folks, the virtual K-Fest is kind of their first experience with like actually going to all the sessions. And uh, uh, I'm I'm a sessions person when I'm at K-Fest. I go to basically all of them. I really like it. So I miss most of what happens in the lobby and so on. But um, uh, I really enjoy the talks. And there was uh, a lot of good ones this year. Uh, it was hard to pick a winner, honestly. I really enjoyed Jeremy Rand's uh, talk about his uh, graphics engine in, in Bugs.js. That was great. Um, there was a, a wrapper for MAME for emulating the GS that I loved. Uh, it was really great. Um, gosh, you know, it's hard to even pick a favorite. They were, uh, there were so many good ones. The, the double high res video streaming from the CFFA. I mean, we've been talking about that for a little while now on the podcasts, but uh, to see it all, you know, in detail, exactly how we did it. Uh, it was really amazing. That's one of those tricks that's so good that people don't believe it. And, uh, you know, he's been showing that hack on Facebook and other places and people don't believe him that it's real. It's, it's that good. So that's certainly the sign that you're doing something really special and really new. Yeah. A lot of GS love this year. I saw, um, yeah, a, a number of the session names, sessions coming up when they were announced. It's like, there's a lot of 16 bit stuff. Yeah. Unusual. Um, yeah. Usually mm -hmm. it's just me and Dagan sitting in the extra room crying into each other's <laughs> shoulders, but no, this year it was all GS all the time. Next year, Paul, that's the year for the three. Absolutely. I, I, also, I also thought that um, this year was really uh, the year that MAME uh, shined 
not not just from Calvin Sherlock's uh, ample front end, uh, which he had a whole presentation on, uh, which you should definitely watch and use, which I do use, but also you know talking about um, uh, Apple three emulation and Paul's talk and uh, you know several other things, and somebody was uh, you know taking screenshots and someone's like, oh what what uh, what emulator is that? And the answer was always main. Uh, anyway, it just, it's, I've, I've been using it, um, for, you know, testing, uh, was support, um, in, in emulators. Uh, but like, I didn't realize that anyone else had sort of noticed that MAME was actually a really good Apple II emulator now. Anyway, it it's great to see. Hmm. Yeah. It I mean, did. for a long it time, it couldn't, it couldn't do like the 2C yeah. or the C plus, or I can't remember what it was. It was sort of hit and miss as far as what it was. Um, what yeah. It yeah, no, it's it's gotten a lot of very dedicated mm-hmm. love uh, from developers. Uh, I, I know that uh, uh, Cucumba is active in that development, somewhat active in that uh, development community as well. And so he's sort of been a bridge to uh, some people who wouldn't otherwise, you know, bother, po- you know, posting a... a, a yeah, then they're not going to pay attention to a bunch of hobbyists, but when it's... Right, but... But it's someone. It's, it's one real, of their own like, that they trust. To them. Yeah. Who can you know reproduce anything and anyway? So and, and but you know I mean that that doesn't come for free. Like that the, mm-hmm. there's a lot of development hours uh, put into a- allowing you to to boot any of these, uh, mm-hmm. much less you know the the fancy stuff that we've seen. Yeah, I think uh, the, the level of support that Mame is getting right now, mm-hmm. even on the Apple II, that was a real big takeaway for me from the Ample presentation was that he said there's something like 60 new commits just on Apple II stuff this year. So there are a lot of people actively developing it, which is more than you can say for, frankly, most Apple II emulators. That counts for a lot. You know, It's still you know a little bit buggy, especially on the GS, but the fact that it's getting active development really counts for a lot. And I think uh, the, the real impact of Ample, I think for some of us, certainly me, is that it just shatters that barrier to entry. Like MAME mm. terrifies me. Like I've, you know, I managed to get it set up for uh, my MAME arcade machine and mm. it took me like three weeks and I never wanted to do it again. It was just three weeks of digging through documentation and I and I files and it was a nightmare. I had my personal 2GS programming project up and running in MAME through Ample in 90 seconds. Like it literally just worked. There was a button that said download all the ROMs and it did. There was a button that said make a 2GS and it did. And it, it was just running. Yeah. So, I mean, that alone is is a huge impact, I think. So MAME is definitely uh, yeah, yeah coming to its own. Yeah. For so long, MAME wasn't even on the list of uh, go-to emulators for the Apple II system, uh, or yeah. people just chucked it on the end to sell it, oh, and MAME. But now it's it's a serious contender. And uh, yeah, the, the ease of use there, that is something that I want to hook up now, especially being an Apple II uh, aficionado. There's now an emulator out there that uh, caters, caters directly to me. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that um, I, I've been trying to compile uh, mess, uh, you know, the mess version of MAME for the Raspberry Pi because I realized Lin Apple does not even run full speed Apple II on an early Raspberry Pi. Um, the only one that will is a Pi 4 out of uh, Lin Apple will actually run full speed. So I'm hoping that'll be a solution. Yeah, I think. Maybe. 
just it's, not to not to deviate too far from Apple II, but the, but Ample is a good front end. Uh, it has in it the front end for the Macs as well. So, um, well, the, which is something sorry. I never think of MAME for. But um, you know, <laughs> the what? That's, yeah, that's, that's another Macintosh. area that's yeah. gotten a lot of development love in the last year, especially mm-hmm. was the early Mac support in MAME. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ample yeah. is just a great MAME front end for Macs. Period. I mean, you know, it's got a ROM management interface and a platform manager. Like you can go in there and add other stuff. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about it is that it generates command lines for you as well and scripts. So if you want to integrate it into your build pipeline, for example, you can configure MAME in the nice GUI. And then it tells you what the command line is to, to do that same thing, which you can then paste into your make file. So like that alone is worth the price of admission. Mm. Yeah. Has been anything that, anything that spits out Max. something I can double click on and then, you know, or send to somebody and they can double click mm. on it. Okay. Uh, you're next on my, uh, on my screen. What Hi. was your, uh, what was your impression this year? Um. The the conference was great. The talks were great. The people who put on the conference were great. I have no complaints. It was wonderful. However, I, I, at the risk of being a, a Debbie Downer, um, online Kansas Fest is one yep. one thousandth the fun of mm. real life Kansas Fest. And so I found this to be a bittersweet experience. For me personally, and this is just me and whatever my attitude this weekend, um, more bitter than sweet. I mean, I've just, last year, the pandemic was relatively new. I was very stressed about the world situation and like, oh boy, Kansas Fest, here's something different. Here's all my friends. And it was a a big relief. And this year, I was happy to see all y'all, but it was still like, oh, it's another Zoom conference. And so I went and I enjoyed myself. And yet I felt like this should be more fun. <laughs> I should be wandering the halls of, of Rockhurst and, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with Kay on that one. That's what I definitely miss um, is just the the accidental conversations that you uh, get yourself into. Uh, the, the sidebars that just occur because you just bump into somebody and you just start chatting and uh, and you've got to have a mindset of, no, this is just not another Zoom conference for work. Um, I've got to, you know, that's why I made sure I moved downstairs back into the 8-bit bunker away from where I'm normally doing my work work. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm with Kay. I, I really miss the personal interaction and I would have loved to have had more people over here with me uh, sharing that experience, but uh, not mentioning the C word, but uh, we're in lockdown here. We're not even allowed to leave our, our uh, houses at the moment or blocks of land, whatever. So, What does that have them. to do with Commodore? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I feel kind of the same way. Um, but part of me is like, this is a lot more comfortable, mm. you know, than going out in the world yeah, yes. would normally be. Um, uh, I had I had Discord open, I had Slack open, I had the Zoom chat windows open, I had stuff I had like things on my phone, and mm. like I had so yeah. many screens around me. It's almost like it's almost like I should have had like with the the VR goggles and just been yeah. in that Unreal Engine and walking around the halls. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was almost screen, it yeah. was almost immersive. Yeah. I know four screens going, and I still had to reach for my iPhone to uh, to check something. Um. 
I feel you, Kay, though. I mean, it, it was K-Fest is awesome, and I'm super glad that we're able to do it this way. It's just so much better than nothing. But yeah, I think at this point, we're all a little weary of Zoom for sure. Uh, that's I feel I felt that also. Um, does anyone have the uh, attendance numbers for this year? How many people watched the, the live streams versus signed into the... Um, the Zoom I know webinar. we're in the high two hundreds. I think both days on yeah. Zoom. I think yeah. we had about four hundred and fifty people registered, and then I think Kate, yeah, Kat's right. It was two fifty, maybe approximately, who were actually in the Zoom at any one time. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I think so. Yes, it's mm -hmm. between. It was usually between two fifty and three hundred. Mm. And there was also the YouTube. Sometimes people would switch to the YouTube because yeah. Zoom couldn't quite handle it for some for some people or locations. So YouTube was sometimes better. Uh, so. Ken says the YouTube live stream has 433 views. Uh, speaking of Ken, um, how many Kansas Fests is this now for you? Is it like 24, 25? You are right on the nail. 24 consecutive Kansas Fest for me out of the 33 that have been held. Uh, it's my second virtual Kansas Fest. Like everybody else, mm. hoping it's my last virtual conference, uh, last virtual Kansas Fest. Mm. Uh, don't disagree with anything Kay said, but this was still one 1,000th more Kansas Fest than we could have otherwise. So I'm, I'm glad for that, at least. I Well, my challenge with online conferences is when I go to physical Kansas Fest, like Quinn, I like to attend the sessions and I try to close my laptop and pay attention to the session. With a virtual conference, you can't close your laptop and attend the session. And so I have my computer open and I can't help myself but watch the session and look at the Zoom chat and look at the 20 different Discord channels and check Twitter and check my email because Kansas Fest is happening in all of those places at any given time. So I'm very much looking forward to a conference where I can be a little bit less distractible. Uh, that said, this Kansas Fest was amazing. And my favorite session was about the Chinese computer by Bruce Rosenblum mm -hmm. of Publish It 3, the desktop publishing program for the Apple II, and Tom Mullaney, who previously wrote the book, The Chinese Typewriter for MIT Press. He's working on an upcoming book, The Chinese Computer, also for MIT Press. And they were talking about Sinotype 3, a Chinese word processor that Bruce developed for the Apple II, despite not knowing Chinese, which I thought was the real kicker. He's like, here I am using my program and I'm really just posing for the photo. I don't know what I'm doing here. That was amazing. I had the pleasure to meet Bruce. Uh, he's based in the Boston area. Jason Scott actually introduced us one year. I was interviewing Jason for Computer World Magazine and I did a ride along. I basically just wanted to see what a day in the life of Jason Scott was like. That explains a lot of my nightmares. Uh, yeah, but he, I was going to uh, say. But he uh, stopped by Bruce's office and we uh, he introduced us and we've been in infrequent communication ever since. So it was great to see him at Kansas Fest. And of course, I'm delighted to be attending some of Kansas Fest in person with Chris, uh, who's on my screen just right there. So, I mean, last year I was huddled in a basement in Missoula, Montana. This year I get to hang out with an actual Apple II user at Kansas Fest. So that's something a lot of us don't get to do nowadays. Maybe next year you'll be huddled in a basement in Missouri. <laughs> I would love yeah. that. Or in a, yeah. a cabin. All together in the chapel. 
That's right. One of the new, uh, the new sort of dorm cabins. So we got to see a set of Beagle Brothers on the screen. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Bernard. This is is Bernard. He remembers Ken. Ken met Ken met Bernard many months ago. I I don't know how your photo, your pictures are oriented, folks, but uh, I've got um, Mark with a Beagle and uh, Quinn's shoulders. from uh, Mark's shoulders. So for me, it's... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've you can just see it on YouTube. The, it's hilarious. Yeah, I've you, just you, posted, you can drag yeah. and drop the tiles. You can move them yeah. to make that happen. Yeah. I've just posted that photo on Twitter and onto the Apple Enthusiast group. So Quinn, I love your beagle. <laughs> Thank you. It's new. Did you like my E7 Bitstream t-shirt? <laughs> oh, the bit. <laughs> Quick, Mark, change your t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. This, is, this is great podcast material, by the way, everyone. But turn your camera yeah. off first. Yeah, YouTube's, uh, the YouTube, the YouTube guys, uh, the YouTube viewers are getting um, uh, bonus, the bonus material. Bo- bonus content, yeah. yeah. Bonus level. Uh, so we've, we've heard about some of the, uh, some of people's favorite sessions. Uh, I wanted to have a, a rundown of what people thought of the Hackfest this year. There was... Uh, it was all gold. It oh was, my gosh! You know, not only yeah. did I not have time to enter anything, but I would have withdrawn my entry as soon as I saw Cucumba's name come up in the Discord. <laughs> saying, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw. I'm just going to whip out something here in ten bytes. I'm like, okay, yeah. nope. <clears throat> several people here. several people expressed that sort of sentiment, but <laughs> honestly, the scoring was very close mm. was. between first, second, and third. And Mark, why don't you explain Cucumba's entries? You're probably best qualified to do so. <laughs> yeah, so Cucumba um, likes to write low-level disk code. Um, and he's you know written a, a, a number of different bootloaders that like boot up a, a floppy disk very quickly. He wrote all of the low-level code for Total Replay and Pitch Dark. Um, and he... Uh, took an idea and kind of ran with it for Hackfest of writing a bootloader that would load up off of a standard five and a quarter inch floppy disk on real hardware on a real Apple II using, you know, the real Apple II ROMs and so on. Uh, except that the bootloader is written almost entirely in basic, mm. which is completely insane. Even given Cucumber's, base level of insanity yeah and when i i, I want to i want to clarify it's anyway not i just that that's the best way i can describe it is it's, that it's using it's using like whole routines and stuff and it's not just like poking the bytes in that would be you know that yeah. would be in there anyway oh no 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 you code. like with the sector editor you can go look and read the code because it's actually text in mm. the you know on the disc and which it then takes and and moves into the input buffer and then tells uh, the the Apple II ROM to go interpret it in a certain way, uh, either as a monitor, a set of monitor commands, or later as a set of uh, basic um, commands. Like he's actually, there's an entire basic program in the bootloader. Like it's not just peek this and poke that. It's anyway, it just it, yeah. it defies. He has an entire write up, which is several yeah. pages long. And is probably uh, still missing a lot of details, and it just it defies explanation. 
Yeah, I kind of I kind of feel that uh, we all turn up to a 10 line program competition in the old west and then suddenly cucumber turns up with the uh, the sun behind him you know yeah. he's going 10 10 bites will go home and all of us just scatter it's 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 amazing what that uh, when when I saw what he was doing how he did it I was going oh I, I'm so glad I I have no time to actually uh to, to do what I wanted to do for Hackfest. So it's like, yeah, okay, um, yeah, let's all play. Let's all play for second place. I think I was really struck just by the very first step. I think that I think the very first step was brilliant because I mean it it really is like I, I forget what it is, 12 bytes or something. But basically what he did was he he recruited pieces of the of the computer that were there for other purposes. And he, he basically just like read the first sector into the keyboard buffer. I mean as, so he managed to like point point the input you know the, the the buffer at where the keyboard buffer was going to go so he just you know sucked in that data and then said interpret you know and Matt, you know so that so it's basically just whatever you can do 10 10 bytes and then from there it could build up the rest of it which is also amazing but just thinking of that first step is i mean the thing is <laughs> it's that much code <laughs> <laughs> it's i mean it's literally it's bootstrapping from nothing this long <laughs> The what was the that, that said, is that the you know, listener, the, the GS listener? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to wild. I wanted to mention listener. Listener was that very was cool. Amazing. And and if you haven't seen it, he also posted uh for those who didn't see uh the Kansas Fest, uh, listener is a combination iOS app and uh 2GS uh new desk accessory. So it works in any um 2GS you know, the, the app that runs on GSOS and it does dictation. You, you talk into the, into your iPhone and it communicates over the local network to your network enabled to GS, um, which still sort of blows my mind. I just, I'm not really in that world. And every time I see somebody yeah, who I'd does love something, to see, yeah. I'd love to see the network, use that to actually like, ride his bootstrap. Yeah. <laughs> Don't and, give and him so, ideas. like he's talking, and then and then in real time, it's showing up on the two GS screen. It's being typed, and <laughs> and you know, and it. But for those who haven't seen it, he also did a video, uh, a demo video of uh, playing a uh, text adventure <laughs> with this. So he's actually speaking the commands, and they're getting typed into uh, the, the GS. <laughs> and it's just it's just a phenomenal combination of old and new yeah I just take think lamp that new line as a as someone who works in a get lamp new line the just the fact that it, it's going to make the apple 2 at least the apple 2 gs accessible to more people you know if you have you know if you have issues with your hands and you can't type you so much of the apple 2 is unavailable to you but if you can you know talk to your computer that's going to open up a whole new world for a whole new set of people to get into this and that was what made me go ah! i already talked to my computer <laughs> but speaking of accessible i love the fact that there were these professional captions for the the zoom this year and they were yeah. crazy good thank you so them, like, much how does anybody do that. this and keep up live with all this jargon like vintage computer jargon was very you know, impressive yeah. and i love I downloaded, I downloaded the transcript of my talk and like except for a couple of places where i mean i was saying like the you know hex bytes it was it looked great it was uh, grammatically correct and everything so i'm gonna 
take that and attach it to the video when I, you know, when I post it somewhere. So it's just, I mean, it's great. That was a, that was a big uh, addition this year. Uh, even when I could watch it scrolling by as it was muted and I was mm-hmm. doing something for work on Friday, I was like, I, I'm going to keep an eye on this. Yeah. Yeah, Did we that, have that, that last year? We had it. Yeah, it we was, had it last yeah. year. It was we actually oh, had a, I didn't even know. We had a right. request for it last year, actually. And it's just, again, from an accessibility standpoint, we're like, yeah, that that makes sense. That scans. Yeah. And well, then yeah, I don't remember being actually, yeah. last year, so I don't remember you know, taking advantage of it. Yeah, she, she did it last year and she actually messaged us after it was over this year saying, actually, you know, even though we're paying her to do the service, she was like, thanks so much for, you know, letting me be part of this. And I actually, you know, enjoy doing this, even though, you know, she said she didn't necessarily understand a whole lot of it, but she apparently, you know, it was enjoyable. So that's great. She learned a lot about double lower or uh, double high res or high res. Yes, <laughs> the Apple II GS, whatever yeah, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's our new subject matter expert on quite a few different topics. This uh, this was the year of double high res. Actually, there was a talk mm. explaining yeah. the internals of how it works. That was the best talk on that I've seen. I mean, every year mm. seemingly there's a talk that at least covers exactly how the Apple II maps the bitstream onto an NTSC waveform. But this was the best version mm. of that I've ever seen. Like it was concise and it had the color space and it showed how it adds the vectors from the bits to create the colors. It was just mm, chef kiss. It was perfect. So if you're if you're still mystified by how Apple II video is generated from the bits in video memory, go go watch that talk because it's outstanding. Yeah. So anybody anybody who was planning for you know a future K Fest uh, of explaining that particular thing find something else to present about because it's been done. <laughs> that was one of the things I was like, I, okay, there's going to be two or three talks of re-explaining in a different way things that were explained in the past that I didn't quite catch or I or I did at the time, but as soon as the session was over, it disappeared. Um, and there were several things this year where it was like, mm-hmm. it, it partly because I think I was focused on that and not distracted by going out in the hall and, you know, all the other things and sleep deprivation. Um, but the, yeah, some of the, the explanations for things that were, uh, you know, that had been talked about before mm-hmm. they just, you know, they clicked and, you know, maybe tomorrow I'll have completely forgotten them again, but for right now I have a much better grasp. Yeah. There's also speaking of graphics, the, the uh, artists, the uh, Lucia. Oh my God. Yeah. That was my favorite. Uh, session. Maximizing yeah. Apple color bit by bit was mm. such that a fascinating was talk. So good. Yeah. And along with the one I, with, uh, for Jeff Raskin, I loved that we had effectively some sessions which were stories. They were narrative. They weren't technical sessions. They were some good stories. So uh, Petar with with his um, ROM journeys with his uh, Oki printers that 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 was that was good. It was it was storytelling, and a, a lot of the times I think a little bit of storytelling uh, goes a long way. And uh, uh, there were not a session, but in between the sessions, there was uh, Ken's uh, moth presentation. And again, that was a great story. And I think uh, it doesn't hurt to have a bit of storytelling going on just to um, get us through the can be somewhat dry technical things at times. Uh, No matter how interesting it is to find out exactly how the color space of double high res works. I I like a nice story. Yeah. You know, and, and I wonder, like, even though I completely agree with Kay and what, you know, he was saying about, the in-person versus the the virtual that is one advantage of doing virtual is you you can draw you know the presentations from a broader pool yeah. where people that maybe mm. 
wouldn't normally travel to Kansas City in the middle of July or just, you know, it was something that they did 30 years ago, but they're not invested in it now. They, you know, we saw some really cool talks like, you know, like Lachia's, like the one on the Sinotype, the Chinese. I don't think we would have seen either one of those at a no. regular Kansas Fest because there no. would have been no incentive for them to come and give that talk. So there is something a little bit to be said for, you know, maybe, maybe yeah. we'll do a virtual every, yeah. you know, uh, every 10 yeah. or 15 years, you know, we can. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, could, could you yeah. see reaching out to some of these people to have a, a pre-recorded thing to mm -hmm. air at Kansas Fest yeah. and oh, was, know, I was one of those say, kind of going yeah. forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Note to organizers, uh, grab some storytelling and some other recorded material from people who can't make it. Um, yep. It, it, yeah, some it of the was, yeah. some of the sessions this year uh, seemed to do better in a recorded format because mm -hmm. they had that production, you know, being able to zoom in on things and and really focus on things that were visual or um, they had elements of uh, something that you couldn't really grasp by sitting in an audience on a projector mm -hmm. and somebody pointing at things. Um, so yeah, having that as a as an option for people, not only just because not only because nobody has to travel, but because you know some people have things that don't mm. work out well presented live in a talking yeah. head kind of format um yeah I, I, another one of those notes for notes for future yeah. k-fest yeah. the, the recorded I, I, ones were great because they gave the presenter the opportunity to go in and say oh i need to explain something so they, they yeah it, it was good it, it, it was allowed for a nice finished product um that fitted nicely into the allocated time it, it was superb I think there's a, a greater number of those uh, pre-recorded sessions this year as well compared to last year, and I think that yeah. made the entire the entire um, uh, K-Fest move a lot more smoothly. We were able to go from session to session to session with uh, fewer glitches, hops, mm. and steps because it's just play video, answer questions, next session. Yeah, let's let's do the thing. The downside is is you know we lose some of that wonderful interaction that we have in mm. person though. So. Mm -hmm. Right, but everybody that's done done their pre-recorded knows exactly how long it's going to take because yep. they've edited it or whatever. That was actually it, nice from a planning perspective too. It's like, okay, we know this was going to take this much of the slot, so we know it's time to be ready to you know come back in and take questions or whatever. That was actually made it a lot. There's okay. just set the yeah, sometimes they up. still run long. Uh, yeah, except for the few that we got that were actually longer than the, yeah, a lot of time, but that's okay. It's not perfect system. <laughs> well, I mean, one of them was recorded like at 2 a.m. this morning. Mm. Yeah. Because um, he had no other, he had an emergency basically to attend to. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Charles, I want to say on yours, um, the understanding blockchain with the Apple II, I understand blockchain mm. a lot better than yep. I did. Uh, that was a fantastic talk. Mm. I'm actually going to pass that blockchain one of yours on to some people I know who were wanting me to explain blockchain. And I'd rather your explanation than anything I could actually come up with. All right. I appreciate it. Yeah. And like you, I said should, in the in the talk, it's like I understand something better if I've built one my app, you know. Um, internal combustion engines, I kind of understand theoretically, but I've never really gotten my hands inside of one, you know. Um, but you still have to building things. Um, yeah, you still uh, get Queen to make a bit. Which one? What Carrington? I was saying, um, speaking of building things, I was really impressed by Scott Burke's. Um, Apple oh, home, yes. The, the spike pewter. Oh, the oh yeah, pewter. the big wall yeah. thing. 
That wow. was good. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. good. A 16 bit yeah. uh, was a risk microprocessor made of discrete electronics. And just like yeah. that whole talk was mind blowing. Yeah. Uh, when you mentioned visual computing, it's not quite what you expect. Again, for anyone who didn't see it, it was. Uh, it was a homebrew computer built entirely from discrete transistors, something like 9,000 transistors. So he built up his own ALU and yeah. his own shifters and adders and everything and, yeah. uh, you know, the control unit and everything. I uh, had LEDs and everything. Uh, the EL wire was a real standout feature. So he mm -hmm. uh, paired each of his buses with EL wires that lit up when those buses were accessed. So you could actually see the data moving around in the computer. Yeah. That's that's a feature I have not seen yeah. before. In a and he sourced, and he, sourced cool. yeah, he sourced large pegboard-sized breadboards to actually wire it all up on. I thought even just to that extent, it, it was great. But yeah, those electroluminescent wiring um, showing the activity paths, it was, it was great. I don't know where do you get no shortcuts either. You know, yeah. he even went, okay, I could just throw a triple five timer in there to be my type. No, I'm going to build one out of it because yeah. why not? I did the whole thing. I might as well do that too. Yeah. And then for the, the, for the Apple II connection, he used his Apple II to debug it and to yeah. talk to it, which was yeah. super cool. That was a nice touch. Yeah. Because when I think of EL wire, I think of like costuming applications where people just mm -hmm. like plug it into a, a power box and use it to light wings or whatever up. It's actual wire, and it can that that was the thing. It's actual wire, and it can actually carry signal, carry electricity, and glow at the same time. And I'll, now I've got now I've got ideas. Yeah, it's. I mean, uh -oh. it's it's like the inside of the all those clear case uh, yeah. Apple twos yeah. is going to be. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. John, do you have one? <laughs> done el wire in costuming it's and they also make el they make el panels too they make electroluminescent panels so there you go yeah i'm just thinking like uh rainbow ribbon cable where each one is a different color yes uh. <laughs> i was like oh i'm going to you know going to the floppy drive and it's got the yeah yeah, yeah. Start get that kickstarter going uh I'll right uh that'll be the new option eight uh project yeah. we'll see yeah i'll put an order in for uh, a couple of tens of meters yeah i'm i'm done making hardware i think <laughs> uh just too many too many supply side problems uh all right so we've talked about some of the sessions talked about how awesome the organizers are and we've talked about uh, Hackfest. There were some other contests. Uh, was there, I know high there was a high contest. score contest for bugs. Yeah, the high score for bugs. That was just kind of popped up at the last minute, actually, because mm -hmm. it was like, hey, we haven't done anything like this in actually several Kansas Fests, whether or not it's virtual or in person. So let's do it this year, especially because everybody's, you know, really into this game and it's getting a lot of attention. So let's do the and thing. And there's going to be a whole talk about how the graphics And there's going to be a whole talk about how it was done. Optimizing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So we said, you know, and it was, I mean, it's, it was not that hard. I mean, something like that's not that hard to put together. It was just the big worry that I had and, and uh, Jeremy was super helpful with was people, like, I don't know why you would cheat, but whatever but jeremy said he jeremy had a pretty good idea if anybody was up to stuff a funny business and it went really well and people i think you know people got into it 
Yeah, was there a, a no, no, there wasn't like a door contest. Was there a backdrop contest last no, year? No, we didn't do that this year. We <laughs> we've tried to do something. Oh, am I? I'm sorry. You're breathing too heavily. There, there, there was a such a contest last right. year, but it, yeah. it kind of didn't go very well. It was not. It was a little. It was kind of unclear exactly what the rules were, and uh, yeah, so it was, we decided it was, it'd be better for just a door. Mm. <laughs> Next time there are physical yeah, doors. Yeah. Another thing that just sort of cropped up out of nowhere was Slack Fest, which was the people who couldn't get their hack fests in on time. <laughs> they just like, we're going to do our own thing. And with, you know, no deadlines and no rules. And and uh, there were several submissions and I didn't have to judge it. So that was great. Oh, I think that's the competition for me then. <laughs> that's, it's good that that sort of ad hoc thing was able to come up because that's kind of the spirit of the event too. Yeah, it does help fill some of that spontaneity that you get when yeah. you're there in person, for sure. It's nice that people are doing stuff like that virtually, at least. Yeah, it, and, it, all it, the, and all the HackFest prizes were bought by the Kansas Fest committee this year. Usually they go looking for donations. So when they said one of the prizes is a Juicy Yes subscription, I was like, wait a minute, they didn't ask me about that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, they didn't need to. <laughs> yeah. Ken gets to well, have another dinner. Well, I get to put that money toward more pizza for y'all next year. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can take us all take us all out to the uh, the vegetarian restaurant again and um, buy us all a bunch of video games at the arcade. And- Love it. Except one of our vegetarian restaurants closed forever, like three years ago. <sighs> it's all right. There's still like one more in Kansas City, right? <laughs> this is true. I We've now we now go there like twice a year due to lack of alternatives. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Is there anything that uh, other folks want to um, highlight or um, you know shut us you know? Yeah, I got one. Uh, there was some really amazing hardware projects this year, and one real standout one uh, was the DMA card that's under development. Uh, he's building uh, a card based on a CPLD dev board that can go in an Apple II and basically act as DMA for any regions of memory. And he's targeting it specifically as a video accelerator, but uh, you could use it for a lot of things. And he's specifically uh, implementing uh, Amiga-like custom chips. So he's specifically creating a, a copper and a blitter and uh, similar chips with the remaps and, and the interrupts and so on. So. Uh, it's the potential of that is absolutely enormous. It was extremely clever. And, uh, you know, the, the applications of that, I think are really broad, just a generic, you know, fast DMA could accelerate just about any part of the machine. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was super cool. Um, yeah, that was uh, Michael Morrison, uh, the DMAC, I believe was the name of that project. So it's uh, still early in development, but he's got, you know, some basic things working. And, uh, I think this time next year, that might be really amazing. Uh, was his the one I, I had to kind of go back and forth so much because of because of work and and other things. Um, was his the one that demoed basically like you know hardware sprites like a the, the sprite? Yeah, exactly. Generation? Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah, and it's because it's just a memory mover. Uh, it's agnostic to video modes to anything else. So you want double low res hardware sprites, you get them because it's just moving memory around. Uh, so yeah, super cool. And then, you know, he's again, he's implementing the copper from the Amiga so it can do transforms. So it can mask and combine uh, backgrounds and do all that kind of stuff. So you get all kinds of layering and stuff, which I mean, 
on an Apple II, that amount of horsepower is, you know, it would be crazy what you could do with that. Especially the potential of having it just have its own memory map and so like I can just deal with things linearly and just say, you throw it into where it's supposed to go yeah. and forget the holes in the way, like just because the Apple II really suffers from the odd memory mapping for video and the idea that you could just say, ah, forget it here, take this and just dump it. Uh, that's huge. Yeah. That's as, a specific as exemplified by the 19 different um, uh, double low res or uh, double high res, uh, how to do, how to do purple and double high res talks. Yeah. Uh, over the last few years, yeah, yeah, and that's a that linear memory remap is an application that wasn't specifically on his mind, but uh, it's one of these projects that people started coming up with other ways to mm. to use it, and that was one that came up was yeah, oh well, if you're remapping anyway, why don't you just present me with a virtual linear memory buffer, and I can uh, fill that, and then you can DMA that into the crazy format of the Apple II's video memory, mm. that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's just huge. I mean, that's automatic acceleration right there. If I don't have to bounce every video memory right off three different lookup tables, you know, that that kind of stuff. Is yeah, avoiding really potholes, cool. avoiding potholes by ignoring the potholes. <laughs> Yeah, there was there was definitely a lot of uh, a lot more hardware this year. Uh, I think people had not only were they it was more accessible as a thing to present because you know you could do you know multiple cameras and and get close in on things, but people were just more comfortable with uh, doing different kinds of projects because mm. you know again they're not having to present it to a room full of people on a projector that mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, you can you can edit or your ta- thoughts. Or, or taking, which I can't do when I'm yeah, talking. Or taking about. a wall, yeah. or taking a wall full of sixteen-bit homemade computer, putting it into a suitcase, traveling to. Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> yeah, some of the the hardware stuff is cool because you don't have to move it. You don't no. have to take it through or TSA. I would love to see what the TSA would have to do with some of the stuff we saw this year. <laughs> That's why well, you drive. You that's why you pack okay. up the the trunk of the SUV and. Well, that's why drive. I drive. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, that's why I drive. Oh, you should see their faces when you try to ship uh, nearly a uh, hundred uh, pounds of uh, hardware in your suitcase from uh, USA back to Sydney. It's <laughs> drive attention. No, the yes, the, the, yes. The, the wet the wet bits puts me off. The car is not amphibious, but, at least not twice. Yeah. It's finding a good boat ramp on the West Coast is the problem. Uh, all right. So uh, that puts us at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. So we've been we've been doing this for about an hour. We're sort of waxing or uh, yeah. waning yeah. Uh, in, in in our energy level. I know my, my blood sugar has gone dangerously low. Uh, we can all say our good nights. So uh, I'm just going to go. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go I'm around the screen, uh, my screen at least. And uh, give everybody an opportunity to say goodbye and good night. And uh, so we'll start with Chris. All right. Top goodbye of- and good night. And we'll see you next time. All right. No closing remarks. Just that. No, it's good. All right. Cat. Good night, Gracie. John. Have a very good evening and looking forward to hopefully seeing most of you in person next year. In person, 2022. Woo! Uh, Quinn. I just want to say thanks to the KFS committee. You know, this an event like this, even virtual or not, is a lot of work. So thank you all for doing this. Really appreciate it. Well, hopefully, yeah, see you all next year. And Michael. 
I hope you all enjoy your breakfast, but uh, it's definitely bacon and eggs time for me. Um, and again, to the organisers, uh, this was the best work Zoom conference I have been in for the last ooh, 24 months. <laughs> Ken, you're up next. Thanks all for uh, making for another great Kansas Fest. You can always check out JuiceGS Magazine at www.juice.gs. And thank you, Ken. Uh, Carrington. Kansas Fest is amazing. Um, virtual Kansas Fest just reminds me how much I miss you guys. So really hoping you can do it in person this time. Paul? Yep. Uh, so what are we saying? Good night and just closing uh, thanks. the Thanks, but thanks everybody yeah. for uh, uh, yeah. showing up for this. I mean, like uh, uh, it's it's been lots of people um, contributed lots of really interesting talks. We couldn't even, you know, include them all on the schedule. Um, having everybody participate is, you know, part of the thing that makes this work at all. So thanks everybody for also being willing to put up with the virtual version one more time. And uh, Kay, I apologize. Good night and good luck. Joe? Threatening. <laughs> thanks for having me on K-Fest this year, guys. It's awesome. Um, I'm sad that it had to be virtual this year, but you know, next year we'll be all in person, we hope, and it'll be super awesome. And my final remark is it does not surprise me. I lost our game. I am bad at math. <laughs> next year in the Holy land and Javier. Hey, thank you very much for having me at least a few minutes and, uh, don't forget to follow me youtube.com slash have master and eight bit T's. Comment Thank you very much, guys. And I'll and see you with a J, right? With a J. Have master. And please, um, I want to see you all. Honestly, I miss you all in person. So hopefully I'll see you next year. All right. Thank you. And on behalf of uh, all, what, 13 of us? Uh, I was doing gang signs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mangan Games. Uh, I wish you a happy K-Fest. And it's all about the people. Good night. Bye. Retro compute. Retro bride. Retro compute. This has been the Open Apple Podcast. Find more episodes, read our newsletter, or send feedback by visiting us on the web at www.open-apple.net. Oh, the strategies. Oh, the strategy. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I have no idea.